In this episode of Upward Calling, we talk about the importance of being a disciple. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Friday. How you doing, Josh? Kenny, I am great. We've had a great Lord's Day, and we uh, witnessed this morning uh, two precious souls uh, commit themselves to Christ, receive the forgiveness of their sins, become disciples of His, which certainly has some some bearing on what we talked about in the lesson today. Well, you're not wrong, and you're right. That that was an exciting thing for for us to to have happen this morning. You did. You you went into the 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 topic you said you were going to talk about last time, which was disciples, and you you started off with a with where I think you needed to, which was uh, talking about the relationship between a disciple and teacher. So could you unpack that just a little bit? Well, Kenny, I want to look at this in, in two ways. And I think you and I, while you have the academic credentials uh, for a teacher, uh, the academic credentials, which I do not, mm-hmm. yet we, we both find ourselves in the positions of being teachers. So I want to look at this actually from from two ways. You know, you and I are teachers in in various degrees, but we've also been pupils or learners, students, however you want to put it, of of other teachers in our lives. Yeah. So Kenny, I'm going to ask you. I'll share one first. So you tell me a teacher in your life that that you really profited from, you enjoyed, maybe even we went out of your way to. To, to take their classes. I'm going to share one from, from my background. Okay. And, and I, I think this helps us to understand kind of this dynamic between master and disciple mm-hmm. that, that is not the same thing that you and I necessarily think about when it comes to, to teacher students. So the University of Alabama, there was a, uh, a history professor there by the name of Forrest McDonald. Mm-hmm. Very well respected. I have uh, several of his books in my library uh, and of course, when I was in college, it's the late '90s, and this is also the time which uh, President Clinton is being impeached. Mm-hmm. And Forrest McDonald was a, a constitutional scholar, and during those impeachment hearings, he was of such stature, such clout that he was called before Congress to give testimony about the uh, constitutionality of impeachment. Mm-hmm. So that, I'm just kind of giving his credentials. So, University of Alabama. If you have the opportunity to take Forrest McDonald's classes and you're yeah. in the history department, you do that. And I certainly did. And he was a fascinating guy to listen to. I took every class of his that I could. He, he had a way of teaching, which the way he looked too, he looked very old. I think he looked older <laughs> than he was. So he made it almost seem like he did live with the founding fathers because he would just tell these stories of of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and right. Benjamin Franklin and all these other guys. And it's like he was in the room. And so you're, you're knowing you're going to be tested on this. Yeah. Um, and so you're having to remind yourself, write this down. You can't just sit there listening to him because in some ways it was like listening to your grandfather just telling stories from his past. <laughs> so I say all this, you know, he's he's a fascinating guy, uh, extremely knowledgeable, easy to listen to, and just a, a joy to to have his class. And certainly 
as someone who teaches in, in a variety of ways, I would like to, to, to mimic that. I would like to be able to, to have others want to listen in that way. But here's where the discipleship part kind of, um, you know, goes, goes south. Mm-hmm. Um, he would tell these stories and, and you'd wonder, What's, where's he going with this? So yeah. one time he told a story about how um, his family was not counted in a census. Where the whole class is wondering, okay, that's that's strange. Um, why why were you not counted in the census? And he said, well, the census taker showed up at our door, and we answered it, and he left. Huh. And of course, the class is is just dumbfounded. Why are you not? counted if he if he showed up and you answered the door. And so then Professor McDonald left all of us stunned in our seats by saying, well, you see, we are practicing nudists. And when the <laughs> census taker came to the door, he wasn't expecting that. Right. So again, Kenny, I, I, I count myself a student of Forrest McDonald. I enjoy taking his classes. I am not a disciple of Forrest McDonald because I do not want to be like Forrest McDonald in all ways. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, tell me, tell me, tell me a teacher you know you enjoyed or you got you benefited from. Oh, Phil Roberts. He was a teacher at Florida College. He taught Old Testament history and geography among many other classes that that I took from him. And you're right. What I did was I I looked at where Phil was teaching a class, and I just make sure that I got in his section of whatever it was. I'll say this as well. He was the first C that I ever got in a class, and I loved him so much that it didn't make any difference. I, I was not worried about a GPA. I was getting an education at that point. By force of what I was learning from in his class, I went to the congregation where he taught. When I knew him, he was, I think, in his 40s and still single. I always thought of him as basically a stand-in for Indiana Jones because during the summers, he would do archaeological biblical digs, and he would come back with these. He would talk about, you know, uh, this is this this passage is talking about the lamps that the ten virgins has, and and here's one that we dug up last summer, and this and, and you know he was so extremely knowledgeable about the Bible, he was certainly extremely impressive. The thing about it is there were parts of of what he did, a lot of things that he did. I was very much I- impacted by what his what his opinions were. And it was interesting uh, when I was able to be his colleague at Florida College, he and I didn't agree with, with uh, on everything. And th- that's fine. I, I, I thought I think it's great that we didn't agree on things because honestly, every time he and I disagreed about something, I came out better because of it. Because I was like, oh, wow, I hadn't thought about that. So, for example, we, we had a disagreement about the, the, the dating of, of Revelation, which the, it's a long, complicated story. But the thing about it yeah, is... Yeah, that's, that's not for this podcast, no, for sure. No, But the thing about it is, is he opened my eyes to a lot of things I had never thought about before. We still didn't agree. But, I mean, the, mm. the, the fact of the matter is I never walked away from disagreement with Phil Roberts. Not better. And it was never personal. I love that about him. But anyway, okay, go ahead. So... To this point, then, everything I hear about Phil Roberts was was wonderful. Yeah. 
If you had gone to Phil Roberts and said, Phil, I, I appreciate so much who you are. Uh, I'm trying to mold my life after you. <laughs> what, what would he have said? I can hear Phil so clearly in my head saying something to the effect of, Kenny, that's a terrible idea. Why would you do anything like that? <laughs> um, you have so many better things to do. Um, it, he, he loved using the word um. But but uh, uh, he was never pointing at himself. He was always yeah. pointing to God, that's and right. so that that's one of the things that I always appreciated about Phil. He, he whether I was agreeing with him or whether I was disagreeing with him, he was never the, he was never the star of the show. He always knew that. I, I think that's what any godly person uh, that that we go up to, and, and even if we we tell them, I appreciate you know the example you're setting, how you're helping me in my walk. I think they're going to say something to the same effect. Again, and Kenny, you and I, as, as we're trying to, to teach others, and, and, and granted, you know, you, the instruction you do on a daily basis for your job may not necessarily be a spiritual component, but no doubt you try to have a spiritual impact uh, on, on the people that you're teaching and certainly, you know, your family and your, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. We're, we're teaching. But you and I, if someone came into our offices and said, Kenny, you know, you're really helping me or Josh, you're really helping me. And I want you to know, I've kind of, I've kind of set you as a, as a model for, for what I want to do. Again, you and I would just laugh them out of our office. We're like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> right. This is, this is crazy talk because we're not trying to make disciples because we know we're unworthy of having disciples. We're not trying to make people in our image, which is an astounding thing when you actually look at the Gospels. And that's exactly what Jesus is consciously trying to do. He is he is saying to people, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow after me. He right. is saying to people, abide in my word, and you will be my disciple, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Mm-hmm. He came knowing that what we needed was to be just like him. Right. You and I go into every day knowing, I hope I can help somebody. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do is we're trying to, in our lives, point people toward something. And so if they do see you know, these good qualities or characteristics in us, we're not encouraging to be like us. We're just encouraging, okay, if you see something good here, that's a product of God and you need to follow him because I can also tell you about all the other things that are not good and they're not from God mm-hmm. and we don't want you doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that, that reminds me of though is, is, is Paul who two or three times basically says, I need you to be an imitator of me, of me as I am of Christ. And yes. I think he, he keeps on pointing back to Jesus as, as the prime example. It is easy for us to say, please don't follow my example. Please do not, do not. But Paul would say, no, you need to get to the point where you are asking people to follow your example because it is so much like Christ. I, I, I got to tell you, I mean, that's that's a daunting. That's a, that's a daunting challenge because I've, I've never asked anybody to follow my my Christian lead because I know that my Christian walk is so flawed. But I think you're right. One of the things that, that we need to do is we need to keep on pointing God. We need to keep on pointing people to Jesus because Jesus is asking for us to be a disciple. 
that make sense? Absolutely. I, I think you see that at the the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount as well. Yeah. Began the Sermon on the Mount are all these characteristics, qualities of 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 Jesus's disciples. Uh, if I want to, you know, not that Jesus had sins to mourn over, but if I want to be more like Jesus, I need to mourn over my sins. Right. I need to be pure in heart. That is, I need to be, you know, recognizing my dependence on God, even as Jesus in this life was utterly dependent on God. Yeah. I think it's fair to say he was poor in, in spirit or poor in heart from that from that standpoint. So you go through all these beatitudes, you know, being willing to be persecuted for the sake of the kingdom. Well, Jesus was certainly persecuted for the sake of the kingdom. Right. Um, so he's asking us in those things, be more like me. Mm-hmm. But then what do we get to in chapter 5 of Matthew, beginning in verse 13, going through verse 16? You are Why the salt you? of the earth. Yeah. And you are the light of the world. Yeah. You don't have to make a conscious decision one day. Okay, today <clears throat> I've decided I'm going to be the salt of the earth. <laughs> today I'm going to be the light of the world. No. You follow after Jesus. You become like him. You, be, you, you present these qualities in your life. And you have become this. This is what you are to the world now. So that even gets to, I know that you'd had a question uh, we discussed about, you know, what does it mean to be an ambassador? And much of what I said in the sermon this morning was kind of tended more toward, you know, evangelism, you know, going out like the apostles did, preaching and with the power of God. And, you know, we need to be able to do that, too. We go out with the message of God. We go out with his power. Mm -hmm. But it's also part of it's just we're we're here in this world mm -hmm. we as ambassadors of christ and in mimicking and sharing his qualities and and letting those things be present in us hopefully people are seeing christ in us mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we're his disciples and, yeah. and part of that then will hopefully help them to understand this is what i should want and i desire in my life too yeah yeah I think one of the other things that that this reminds me of, and you didn't you didn't talk about this, but I've, I've got a feeling you're you're going to get there. The importance of grace that 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 as disciples we all mess up, and it's not like those mess ups weren't planned for by God. He's not he's not causing us to sin, but he has put in a plan to say, and when you do, I'm right here. You just got to come back. You got to come back to me. I know that's embarrassing. I know you're frustrated with your own foibles and your own your own problems, but you just got to come back because I've I've made the way back for you. I am so grateful that I do not have to be a perfect disciple because I never have been. God has made allowance for the stupid stuff that I do, and it's it's not again. You could go back to to Romans where. Paul talks about, you know, that which I will not to do, that's exactly what I end up doing. And I think one of the things that, that we worry about is perfect discipleship is our goal, it's our aim, but it was never anything God expected that, that we would fulfill. That what he is actually asking us to do is to create a character that is like as close, to, as, as, close as we can uh, to his. Yeah, at some point we all want to get to where Paul says it is no longer I who live, but right. Christ who lives in me. Right, and that that is a discipleship statement. Uh, mm -hmm. My my goals are so in tune with God's that it's not 
me who's you know necessarily making these decisions while while yes I am consciously but yet I'm so in tune with God's will that my decisions are in keeping with God's will. Yeah. But you know you're right I did I didn't call it grace this morning but even that that point in Mark 3 and verse 13 where it talks about how Jesus you know in choosing the 12 and these are the ones he wanted Mm-hmm. Well, again, you broaden that out and you look at the the Great Commission, and Jesus says to these twelve or eleven by that time, yeah. Now you go and you make disciples of all the nations. Yeah. Well, this is who he wants now. He he wants all the nations. But even going back to that twelve, one of the twelve he chose, he knew was going to betray him. Mm-hmm. Another of the twelve that he chose knew he knew was going to deny him. Right. Well, we understand in the gospel accounts what happened with those two individuals. Judas, in his remorse, did not return to God, but Peter did. Mm-hmm. So here are two disciples who, in the in the crucial moment, failed and failed utterly. Yeah. And yet, I believe God was willing to take them both back. One one decided to go back and find mercy; the other did not. But I, I believe. God would have taken them both if 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 Judas had chosen otherwise, uh, but you know he did not. So again, all those things are even there, just present in in this you know kind of motley band of, of disciples that Jesus originally calls. And as flawed as they are, it's grace that Jesus chooses them. It's grace that God calls us, as different as we are, as flawed as we are, as as sure to disappoint as we are. It's grace that God calls us to be his disciples. Well, then let me ask you this, and I, I think the, I know the direction you're going to go with it. If we know that this is a, a, a an exercise in futility, that God asks us to be perfect, and we are never going to be perfect, what's our motivation for actually following God at this point? I think you have to look at what Paul says in Philippians 3. You know, it's a constant upward call. You have to forget what lies behind and there's a lot that lies behind. Right. There are successes that lie behind that I cannot continue to be proud of and just say, oh, look at what I well, look what I did yesterday and look at how good of a person uh, I was in, in this encounter. No, I got to lay that behind because I still have to take the next step now. Right. But there's also disappointments that I have to forget. I have to I have to let them stay behind as well. Yeah. And it's a it's a constant moving forward, but understanding that that moving forward is going to have some difficulties in it. Earlier in the year, I made an, uh, an illustration uh, in a sermon from, from Lance Armstrong. Uh, Kenny, you remember who Lance Armstrong is, bicyclist. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So disgraced bicyclist. But he's come up with this slogan, and I hope it's sincere. Um, you know, I would like to think it is anyway. But his slogan for life is, forward, never straight. <laughs> the idea being you're always pressing forward, but there's never just a, a perfectly straight path. Yeah. And I think discipleship could be considered that too. You're always moving forward. You're always pressing toward the goal. You're always setting Jesus before you and trying to to do what he says. But there's always going to be difficulties there. And there are going to be you know disappointments. There are going to be failures. Mm-hmm. But I do still think that, that overall what we're seeing, at least I, I hope I see in my life, I hope you see in your life, is that there is forward movement 
in my becoming more like God, that my my thoughts are more shaped by him now than they were in my past. My actions now are more coinciding with his now than they were in the past, even though there are still those disappointments, there are still those failures. Yeah. I, when I think about that question, I've had that question challenged to me a couple, posed to me a couple of times. If God, if we know that we're always all going to be sinners, and God knows we're going to be sinners, th- then isn't this just all a, a stacked deck? Isn't this just unfair? And and a couple of things that I, that I would say is, yeah, it's it, it's unfair. I, I'm I'm sorry, you're just now figuring out that life is not fair, but it's not. But let me ask you, what relationship do you have that is fair? And for for because I mean, it it always comes back to this. I will never have a perfect marriage, but that doesn't mean I stop trying. I will never be a perfect husband, that do, but that doesn't mean I, I stop trying. I will never be a perfect father. That doesn't mean I stop trying. As a matter of fact, when I admit my problems, that's when I get better at something. The path to perfection always makes you better. Having having this lofty goal, you know, even what the Hebrew writers uh, talk about in Hebrews 12, you know, after you've come off this uh, list of, of people of faith. And then he says, you know, who do we set our eyes on? We, we constantly have our eyes set on Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he endured before us. Now we're enduring. Yeah. And endurance itself, you know, the, the term signifies that this is hard. Yeah. It is. And yet we still have our eyes fixed constantly on Jesus and, and knowing that, that reaching him is, is hard, is difficult. Yeah. So let me ask you. How does today's lesson help us toward God's upward call? Well, I guess what I hope this lesson did the most is it reminds us that Jesus is the point of it all. That, you know, whatever we're talking about, we are ultimately talking about, I'm supposed to be like my Savior. I'm a disciple. And what we're going to try to do in, in future lessons are, mm-hmm. are talk about some some areas of our lives, but cast it from the the, the aspect of being a disciple. Mm-hmm. You know how how did Jesus respond in in this scenario mm-hmm. or dealing with this subject? Well, if I can see some some principles from Jesus' life of of how he handled this then I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Now, I may not be doing it very well, but I know what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's really the, the, today's a tone setter. Today's just remember guys, we're Christians. Mm -hmm. When we say we're Christians, we're saying we're disciples of Christ. And that means we're trying to be like him. That's the goal. And nothing, nothing short of that is the goal. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. Two people did that this morning. Yes. So, so yes, yeah. praise God. Yeah. So they just started choosing that. Today is the first day they chose that. So next time you're going to be talking about what again? All right. So next lesson we are looking at as far as discipleship goes, what does it mean to obey like Jesus obeyed? You know, we, we certainly know that being a disciple requires obedience, you know, a lot of obedience. Yeah. Well, Jesus himself obeyed. Yeah, he he obeyed some really difficult commands that his father gave him, uh-huh. and so we're going to look at his pattern of obedience and draw some lessons from that of what that means for us as as we find ourselves finding some difficult things that, again, I don't necessarily want to do what he tells me to, uh-huh. um, but I'm supposed to obey him. So we're going to look at that aspect of discipleship. 
Well, I'm kind of looking forward to that one, Josh. Well, thank you, Kenny. Uh, I mean, I hope it'll shape you up. <laughs> well, I hope you're right. So anyway, why don't we talk about that next week, man? All right, Kenny. God bless you, brother. All right, you too, man. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. We have all our information at universitychurchofchrist.org. And we've listed the sermon we reference in today's episode in the show notes. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.